0: Hi, this is Dr. Jane Battenberg, author of Change Within, Change the World. In this weekly podcast, I interview changemakers who are at the cutting edge of new thought and consciousness awareness. Join me as we change within and change the world together. Our topic for today's podcast is Mother Shapiro. Let me start with a story. For many years across the country, many of us have called on Mother Shapiro. She's a mythical figure to help us. First, it was to find a parking spot right where we wanted it. Mother Shapiro, darling, I'd like a parking spot right in front. No problem, darling. So we have to do both sides, yourself and her. And that worked so well that we began calling on her to find lost things. Then we decided she had so much power that she could help with healing, with illness, pain, any condition. And we've called on her for many, many years. I don't know, close to 20. Here's how it works. You call on her, Mother Shapiro, dalink, and you make your request. Then you answer for her, no problem, dalink, and your request is usually uncannily granted. Her powers seem to get stronger the more we call on her. Now, how did this mythical character come into being? Well, joining us today is Barbara Sarah, the woman who ushered her into being. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. After all these years. I know. Oh, so just a little bit of background on Barbara. Um, She lives in Westchester County, New York, where the corona is rampant. And as a retired school social worker, she's been spending her time recently until the coronavirus uh, using her improv skills in okay theater, deaf cafe, creating a home for the dying and end of life issues. Her passion continues to be helping people and having fun. With that thumbnail sketch of your interest that barely scratches the surface, we're really glad to have you on the show, Barbara. It's an honor to be here. Can you tell us how um, Mother Shapiro came into being? Well, it's
1: quite a story because Mother Shapiro is actually part of a larger, a whole mishpacha, a family of goddesses who were born to a woman named Tanta Sarah. Tanta Sarah came about at a Jean Houston Mystery School, 1987. She was actually looking for a lost man. Maybe that's, where, that's what Mother Shapiro emerged from, looking for a lost man. So Tanta Sarah began on a regular basis to go to mystery school meetings and then she went because her as her career at that time was moving into the field of oncology she began to look for cancer patients she began to look for healing and curing and so she brought along her family of goddesses and the main goddess was mother shapiro because she was a healer and she felt you find lost things. So, especially with parking, whenever you needed a place to park, you would just say, Mother Shapila, darling, I need a spot. Oh, a spot? And she found all kinds of spots. She found meter spots, garage spots, you would go around the block once. You see, you had a wish for what you wanted before you got there. If you, if you forgot about Mother Shapiro and you got there, there was no spot. But when you remembered to ask, you'd go around the block again and there it was. <laughs> so she, she was able, she, she learned to be a Johnny on the spot or a Shapiro on the spot, if you want to call it that. And she helped people find spots. Well, from there, she went to helping people look at the spots on their hands. You know, on the back of your hand, there are spots. For some of us in the family, there are brown spots. So Mother Shapiro would help people look at their brown spots and wish for things. They could wish for whatever they wanted. And if they didn't get what they wanted, they would look at the person's brown spots next to them. Because she she, she specialized in spots, parking spots, brown spots, that she just had this magic. And she she was part of a whole coterie, a coterie of other powerful women. She was the originator of Me Too, She was the one who said, I will help you find what you want. The Me Too movement owes a lot to Mother Shapiro, who is now a goddess for many, many women around the country, for whatever they're looking for. So that she came into being, thanks to Tanta Sarah, and she worked on Tanta Sarah's campaign. Tanta Sarah was a political animal she ran for president in 1992. Oh. She and her friend Jean Houston have taken pictures together wearing their Vote for Tonta Sarah buttons, and Tonta Sarah ran against George Bush. You remember him? Tanta Sarah had a button that said, Lick Bush, and People were flocking to her campaign. She had write-in votes from all over the country, especially from the Me Too movement of the time. The Me Too movement of the time were these women all over the country who were finding lost things and said Me Too to Tanta Sarah and to Mother Shapiro. So that's how she came into she she came out of it was like it was like Tanta Sarah gave birth to Mother Shapiro. She gave birth to Baba Rivka. I bet you don't know about Baba Rivka. She's no. in charge of the weather. Oh. She helps <clears throat> you making plans for an event. You have to confer with Baba Rivka. She will help you find good weather. It's just another thing to find. You know, you find parking spots. You find a man. You find a a, a candidate. So, and there's a large coterie of these fabulous women from the original Me Too movement started in 1987.
0: So how do you use Mother Shapiro now, today? Has she uh, evolved? She continues
1: to evolve, especially when somebody remembers her. You know, she's been around a long time. She's not quite as... um, she, she needs to be called. She, she, In order to appear, you have to like call her up, so to speak. But if you call up and you say, oh, M- Mother Shapiro, I need help or I need to find something or I need to be able to fall asleep. she's She helps you to fall asleep. She has such amazing powers, but you have to call on her. You have to say Mother Shapiro, or you have to say Mother Shapiro, (laughs) darling. Some something. There has to be some passion in your voice. She's a passionate woman. Listen to to Lick Bush. You need passion, and so that's and that's been going on. What 1987 was 33 years ago. There's that magic number 33. You have to figure out what the is, but it is a man, it goes way back to before it goes back to when BC became BC and AD. Oh, that's it. Yes. Well, she, you know, you, when you call on magical people, you get results, but you have to be passionate about it. This is not for lazy people, this is for people who love to create, to find things so just keep her in your pocket sort of and you will be saved oh she saves people
0: oh my gosh well i've used her uh, to help find um a, a lost ring earrings uh a lost oh my gosh recently i used her uh, for something in hawaii I was talking to her and she's I said, Mother Shapiro Dalink, I'd like, and then she said, No problem, Dalink, aloha. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, she's learning Hawaiian.
1: I <laughs> know I was hoping that you'd give give me a few more examples of how powerful she is, or maybe some of the people who read your story would like to send you things that have been found. We could make a list, a long list. Of things that she helps you to find,
0: yes, spread the word, so how about if we use her powers to find a cure for the coronavirus?
1: Actually, she's been thinking about that she has because people are losing a lot of things these days they're losing their jobs, they're losing their connections with family they're losing the ability to go out and buy what they want. They're losing a lot, but she also knows that there are other things to be found. She is a spiritual being, and she knows that what's been lost can be found. So remember, this is this is a very spiritual practice calling on this amazing woman. You have to believe, though. You have to believe in her.
0: Wow. So, so should we uh, do it individually or collectively, or what? Um, I mean, could you and I right now call on her and ask her to find the cure for the coronavirus? We could try, but we're we're two powerful
1: women. But if we could develop a chorus of people crying out for help, Mother Shapiro, darling. We need your help. She, first of all, people have to believe that she can do it. It's this is not easy. There are people all over this country looking for answers, looking for. I mean, there are people who are very sick and they need to believe. They need to believe. There's a lot of people out there helping, and I think if they just hold on to this idea of magic there is magic and sometimes if we all come together and we believe that something wonderful will happen maybe it will happen because there are other people out there working very hard to make it happen but we provide the energy the energy to support those people who know how to make viruses go away.
0: You know, when we were talking earlier, um, you said that magic was very important to you. And you said things happen because we bring them forth and we should pay attention. Even in these times, it's important to pay attention to things to create the magic needed. I, that is one of the
1: mainstay principles of Mother Shapiro and the goddesses in the Sara workshop. Magic happens. You have to look for it. It's there. When you need something, you think, please make this happen. So a lot of us, all of us in the new Me Too movement, it's us two now, we have to hope and believe that something wonderful is going to come of this. You know, I want to tell you for a few weeks when this all started and me and Tanta and mother wound up in this little place together, we were thinking, well, maybe I'll be okay when this is over. Or maybe when this is over, I can start something new. But the latest thought that we've been having is that When we're older, like in the year 2028, we're going to be looking back. It's recommended that you don't just get stuck in what's happening now, but you think ahead. You project ahead to the future and how you will be able to look back on this time as a time when we all came together to create magic. So don't get stuck in when is this going to be over. Project yourself into the future and think back to what a magical time this was. Wow, that's powerful. And that, whoa. The thought about projecting into the future was so magical that yesterday, while we were taking an imaginal walk, we began to cry we cry sometimes when we're very touched and we began to cry about this idea that in the future we will be able to look back at this time even though we were older women that it was a time for us to look at our lives to find what we've lost in so many
0: ways and to move forward into the future hmm so your imaginal walk was with you and your friends or you and Tante Sara and Mother Shapiro? Well, wherever I go, they
1: go. As, as you can imagine, we're sort of a team. So they're with me wherever I go. And I was taking this walk and it just dawned on me that I needed to stop thinking about when is this going to be over or how good I may feel when this is over. Or or will I die? Countess Sarah and Mother Shapiro talk about dying a lot. But I was able to move beyond that into the future, thinking I'm going to look back at this time as a time of magic and, and for some people a time of sadness, but that we will go on to create more wonderful, wonderful things to be blessed with in this world.
0: Hmm. So I'm sensing a shift is happening in the way we, same old, same old, the way we normally have done things in order for this to, that future to happen.
1: Yes, it's, it's a change. I know you know it a lot about change. Yes, it is a change. We are, but we, you have to believe, as I said before about Mother Shapiro, you have to believe that this is how it's going to be. Not that you're going to die during the pandemic. Not that you're going to not live long enough to see when it's over. You're projecting yourself into the future to see how we were all
0: able to grow and learn. Very wise. Very wise. Thank you. What else can you tell us about Mother Shapiro and and how we can use her? Who used her powers. You see, Mother
1: Shapiro lives inside of each one of us. Ah. So you just, you have to call on her. She's in there, especially those of us who have used her and seen how her magic works. When you call Mother Shapiro, darling, you're calling on your deepest, deepest self. And you know, when you're meditating and you're breathing and you breathe in, and then you breathe out, that you are constantly, continually revitalizing, vital, vital is, has the word life in it, you're revitalizing the spirit of this woman, that's how she came to me, and that's how she can come to all of us, she lives within you, and she is magic, and she will give you ideas that will make that will make you cry too
0: you know that's interesting because i kept thinking that of mother shapiro as some mythical being outside myself but to see her as as a a, a deeper wiser higher part of myself is wow that's that's good i really
1: i i'm I'm glad that you got it. It took us some while to reveal it, but it came mm. and when you're really paying attention, things come to you. it's
0: intense it's magic yep, so do you have any other stories about how um you have used these two beings um well Definitely healing. Mother
1: Shapiro came to me in 1987, but breast cancer came to me in 1992. And she talked about healing. She was my healer. And I went on, Mrs. Barbara, I went on, thanks to the healing that was given to me by these magical beings, I went on to create a whole new career of creating programs of all sorts for cancer patients. Go figure from a high school social worker to a, an oncology magical person. How do those things happen to people? Cause it's something in you just like you Jane understood that it's within you to make these healing things happen.
0: Hmm. So then you went on to work with, um, death and dying death cafe and a place for people to go who didn't have any place to for their end of life
1: well after 20 years of work of living with my own cancer diagnosis and moving on with my life and working for 20 years with cancer patients i became very aware of the fact that we were not paying enough attention to the end of life things that we all know will happen. But it's sort of people People kind of sidestep that. Like looking into the future, as I did yesterday, I began to look into the future that what happens, even if you live in a very rich community, you're going to die. Well, I discovered this organization called deathcafe.com. And it started in about the year 2012, 2013, and I began to think about end-of-life issues. And so we got together with a group of people, and we are creating a home for the dying in Kingston, New York. We're called Circle of Friends for the Dying. We're making this beautiful home where people who have no one to take care of them will be able to go and get care from community volunteers and it's so beautiful and so many people now we run these death cafe meetings where people come and are able to talk about end of life concerns and what happens at the end of life and how do you prepare for the end of life that's where we're going to be recruiting volunteers to help us take care of people in the home for the dying you know, you create something and that out of that comes something else. And that that's how life moves on. And that's how we support each other. It's interesting. I just bring this back to my thoughts on my walk yesterday, thinking about my original thoughts about the virus was that, well, maybe I'm going to die at the end of this virus thing. But no, I went past that. I went past that to see that I will be able to, at the end of my life, look back at what a magical time this was and how many of us could use it as a time to grow and deepen. Yes. Sometimes things come out of me. I don't know where they're coming from. And I think if you open your heart and your, and your brain to what's ever possible, all those
0: magical things come out. I just think that it's we all think that we're going to keep on living forever and yet I keep saying none of us gets out alive. <laughs> so to prepare for that takes a lot of uh, a lot of courage and a lot of wisdom and spirituality I think to know that all of us are going to die And then, so we look that in the face and we say, okay, so while we're still living, you know, without denying the fact that each of us will have an end, to say, okay, how am I going to make this important? How do I prepare? It's like a Boy Scout,
1: Girl Scout thing, to be prepared. And it's important. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. What are some thoughts you have about preparing? Well, a very important thing to prepare is to think about how you want to be cared for at the end of your life. Very important. You need to write it out. How did you, what kind of treatment do you want? How much, li- how much of this life-saving procedures do you want happening to you? Or are you able to say at a certain point, I'm willing to let go? Hmm and let myself die. There's a wonderful book by Deepak Chopra called, no, it's not by Deepak Chopra. It's by Being Mortal. In the book, Being Mortal, we learned we learn that in a city, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, they used to have about 30% of people who entered the hospital at end of life, that they had their advanced directives in order. And they began a, a, a campaign to help people in La Crosse Write their advanced directives about how they wanted to be cared for. After some time of teaching and helping people become more aware of the choices that they have at the end of life, all of a sudden, like 90% of people who entered the hospital in La Crosse were able to present their end of life directives to the hospital. And it's so important that you be in charge of how you're taken care of at the end of your life. Mm. So
0: that's really important. And, and what else on, on facing the inevitability of death? What, how else does one prepare emotionally, mentally?
1: Well, talking about it is a great idea. By the way, the author's name of being mortal is Atul Gawande. It takes a while at my age for things to come, to come up. It's Atul Gawande. Um, it's good to be prepared. And uh, it requires thinking about it. It requires talking about, to your loved ones about it. But it makes all the difference in how you die if you know that you're prepared and you've written these things out.
0: I remember my father he went in the hospital because he couldn't breathe. And they said, well, you don't have pneumonia. And then they said, yes, you do. And he said, don't do anything. It's my time. Just let me go. And so he was peaceful, Every uh, his family was around him, and he just slipped away. But he chose it. Very smart. Very smart.
1: And everybody else felt better about it, too. People find themselves without advanced directives. People find themselves, families, not necessarily being in agreement about how they want things to go. So it's 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 again be, being prepared. So,
0: anything else um, before we end this that um, either Mother Shapiro or Tante would like to say? Well, we didn't
1: get to sing Tante Sarah's song. Oh. and the words. This this is from her very deepest soul. If we were to regard everyone as though they were the Messiah, and I have to sing it. I can't even say it unless I sing it but I do have a chorus that goes with it if you'd like to hear it. I would
0: love if it. I, I wonder if you could just sing it and the chorus. It, it doesn't matter about your voice, it's just to, to share with us so we get an idea.
1: Okay, well, yeah, she's the, a sharer. She is definitely a sharer. Okay, here's the song. This is Tanta Sarah's song. If we were to regard everyone as though they were the Messiah, greeting with a gentle word and an outstretched arm. Then if they chose not to reveal themselves within our time, it would not have mattered. die. So we just greet everyone as though they were the Messiah. Is that a beautiful idea or not?
0: That is beautiful, and thank you so much for singing it for us or Tanta Sarah for singing. What's ever left in my voice is at your
1: service.
0: (laughs) Okay, any any other last minute comments that you'd like to make? No, you're a wonderful talker (laughs) and you're a good listener too. And I thank
1: you for giving me all this space to tell you to recreate my luminous past. But she does come, she does come, because you do know that the two old guys who are wanting to be president, they're thinking of choosing Tanta Sarah as their running mate, since they agreed that they want a woman.
0: <laughs> so if people want to share their stories about Mother Shapiro, can they send it to you? I think you might want to suggest that we
1: make a list of things that have been found. It will inspire other people to keep looking. I have an email address that would be very good. It comes directly to me, but it's not It's not personal. It's called Barbara at thirdopinion.net.
0: For listeners, anyone who has something to share can send it to Barbara at thirdopinion.net and we'll collect them and share them. Yeah, well, if we publish it, other people will be inspired to keep looking. There you go. Well, thank you for joining us, Barbara. Hi. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. Jane Battenberg, author of Change Within, Change the World. In this weekly podcast, I interview changemakers who are at the cutting edge of new thought and consciousness awareness. Join me as we change within and change the world together.